everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We are recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. This week, we are hearing from Rebecca, one of our newer members. She's had some nice results in a short time, which is really inspiring. Please enjoy. Okay, so um, I think the best way for me to say anything is to kind of start you know, with, with why I got here. Um, I started only in July, I think, of this past year. Um, I had, I'm one of those people, I've, you know, a yoga teacher, I've been on spiritual quests, you know, I um, always want to be a better person, and I come from a home where <clears throat> it's definitely dysfunctional, but I probably was in massive denial, um, because my parents, I think, had the best of intentions, but uh, as, as the generations go, um, it still is, is not functional. Um, my mother is a late blooming alcoholic, so I, I uh, left home at 18 and I have a younger brother also now in ACA and uh, he would tell me story, like mom would be home wasted with, with a bottle of wine on the floor and I thought he was totally exaggerating. I couldn't even envision this woman who we had moved my whole childhood all over the United States would have she kept it all together, I can't imagine her doing that. So um, I kind of didn't believe it for probably another three or four years. And if I'm to be honest, it's probably in the past three years where it's so progressive um, and, and everyone's acting like it's fine that she's definitely my qualifier. Um, so I'm, I'm reading self-help books. I've definitely had um, in the love department dysfunction. It's always something illicit, unattainable, um, emotionally um, unavailable people are like my favorite and like they always say like I go to a party and I will the one man who's an alcoholic not even drinking at the party I'll pick him up and there I am and he's fantastic and charming and Hollywood romances I, I could write books I've, I've had them and they're all really good and juicy but they're definitely torture um, so what happened was I was in a situation for five years, which is still hard for me to admit, um, that was illicit and um, I was so in love. <clears throat> and uh, when we met, I was ro my rock bottom. So I had already tried to get it together. I was an artist and I was, had been in New York and I had broken up with another alcoholic and uh, I had to move to New Mexico because I had gotten really sick. Um, so in order to recover, it's like this long process. I had like an adrenal issue and I moved there and worked on my art. And, um, but I had success as an art, but as you know, that doesn't pay. So I was probably three months behind in rent. I was waitressing at 38 years old, which is a fine profession, but not what I had wanted to be doing. And again, I hadn't paid my rent in months and I was, I didn't know what I was gonna do and I got the flu and I was at work and I saw this man and it was like, that whole thing they say is love at first sight. And he was from Europe he just was on a road trip because he was lost too and himself and he's married. And uh, I didn't realize that at first, uh, subconsciously I suppose. 
And um, <clears throat> we struck up a conversation, and I, I, something in me was just like, he's it. And so I'll, I'll spare you guys the long story because I want you to buy my book um, <laughs> in the future. Um, but it was kind of this cool thing where he was like, I think that soulmate kind of thing where he um, reflected all my positive and my negative, and we, we maintained this crazy affair for five years, both of us not thinking we're the kind of people who do that kind of thing. I'm, I have a hardcore Catholic background, so my conscience was always killing me. Um, but we grew, and, and um, it was kind of cool. But by the time we fast forward five years, I've moved back to New York, and I'm here. It's last summer, and I cannot get out of this affair to save my life. I'm, like, addicted. I just, like, it's this cycle. And now after all this time, this will be a part of the book, it's a pattern, and it's clear as day. I'm starting to see the triggers, but I can't figure out what to do, so I'm stuck. So I decide to get a therapist. So I go to the therapist, and one of the first things she says is, have you been to ACA? And I said, well, I tried Al-Anon because of the other alcoholic I was dating, and it didn't really stick, and so I got here. And um, I ended up dropping the therapist because I found this group to be much more effective for me because all these brains, all these stories, and um, it's really kind of changed me. Um, fast forwarding on the journey from July until um, now, a bunch of wonderful things have happened. It's, I, I always tell everyone I hate this program, <laughs> but it works so well, and I like the people so much that I come back, but I don't find this digging and sifting fun at all. Um, but what's been cool is my I'm totally going to start crying. It's my brother, he's my younger brother, who's awesome. And uh, he started like going as well. And it's so nice to, um, sorry, to uh, totally have this like healing experience where someone has gone through it, you know, the same as you have. So I feel really lucky because we discussed this like so much. Um, and so here I am today, and it's like I feel closer to him and thus more aware of um, the abuse and the neglect. And like, I was the middle child between two boys, and we moved all the time. And uh, I was a good girl, like always a good girl. Tried to like impress everyone, and I spent my whole life trying to prove I was worth being loved. And like, I've been to all kinds of different explorative, you know, yogic things, and I just always felt like I couldn't be loved. And like, people would be like, you know, don't you realize God loves you? Like, I had really Christian friends, and I'd think, it's a nice thought. I don't feel it at all. I don't think any of you love me, none of you. And it's like, now, it's like, I've started to see where it's like, I do love myself, being your own parent, and like, it's it's freeing like simple things i always find the biggest revelations from this program are the little things that you do every day that by degree suddenly you're so much better at taking care of yourself and you realize that you can trust yourself and that's when i walked down the street i realized if someone was coming toward me i've never trusted a soul ever i've always been skeptical because i've been betrayed and abused a million times and now when someone comes down the street i feel open and friendly and it's such a different way to live your life thinking that you connect with people rather than dislike them 
Um, as of late, another big thing that's kind of crossed over my threshold recently is just the amount of um, narcissism. And it's like, I think culturally, we're taking a hard swing toward that. But then I also think on a personal level, like understanding that dynamic, which feels so good, and then it's so abusive, has been like really strong. And I've seen it in my workplace. I see it in my family, and I also see it in romance. And I, I'm kind of exploring that most of all now. Um, I probably won't speak for the whole 20 minutes, but um, I wanted to say the things that most stick out to me um, in terms of healing is every week I make myself read, like I have three different Bill of Rights that I found online, and I st I'm shocked every week that I have the right to be imperfect. I have the right to make mistakes. I have a right to like a healthy, happy home. I, I didn't realize that this whole time. I had no idea. I, I didn't realize I had the right to take care of myself. I thought it was just supposed to be doing what I was told to be doing and keep trying to please people I could never please. It was never good enough. And it's like, I think the world will exhaust you, which I've done to myself physically, if you don't realize that the only person that's gonna change that is you loving yourself. So the thing I wanted to read from the Red Book, since it's about the tools, are um, the affirmations to be repeated each day. Um, I haven't done these a ton, but it's kind of in line with the Bill of Rights. <laughs> affirmations with other program work are a powerful tool for addressing our critical nature toward ourselves and others. These affirmations represent basic truths that most of us did not receive as children, but we, will, we can claim as adults. Read these affirmations out loud for several weeks. I think several years. <laughs> you may also write down some of them and post them where you can read them. With affirmations, we begin to challenge the inner critical parent. We learn to give ourselves a break. Number one, it is okay to know who I am. Two, it is okay to trust myself. Three, it is okay to say I'm an adult child. Four, it is okay to know another way to live. Five, it is okay to say no without feeling guilty. Six, it is okay to give myself a break. Seven, it is okay to cry when I watch a movie or hear a song or speak in this group. <laughs> Eight, my feelings are okay even if I'm still learning how to distinguish them. Nine, it is okay to not take care of others when I think. Ten, it is okay to feel angry. Eleven, it is okay to have fun and celebrate. That was an idea. 12, it is okay to make mistakes and learn. 13, it is okay to not know everything. 14, it is okay to say, I don't know. 15, it is okay to ask someone to show me how to do things. 16, it is okay to dream and have hope. 17, it is okay to think about things differently than my family. 18, it is okay to explore and say, I like this or I like that. 19, it is okay to detach with love. 20, it is okay to seek my higher power. 21, it is okay to reparent myself with thoughtfulness. 22, it is okay to say I love myself. And 23, it is okay to work an ACA program. So all of those things really helped me. And so in the time from July until we're already to March, um, I've been able, with the support of this program, to end, end the affair to get a raise and to be taking care of myself financially enough that I'm gonna be able to live on my own. Um, I also have a tighter relationship with my younger brother 
and I've kind of weeded out all the, what I would call the leeches in my life and the narcissists and all these people who are a bit toxic, I feel by knowing you all are here, um, I haven't been as afraid to say, I, no, I don't want that person in my life and I'm not putting up with that and I'm gonna step away. And I've also started to hone in skills of, um, I think I've said this before in here, I'm much more of a samurai. I'm not like, oh no, I'm scared of authority. I'm much more aggressive and I'm starting to find a much nicer way of confronting my fear or people who are doing things to me. I can just say no kind of calmly and um, remove myself. So that's kind of the, the basic synopsis. My book hopefully will be out in three years. And um, <laughs> I hope you all buy it. Yeah, but thank you for letting me share. And again, I, I totally appreciate you all being here. Thank you.